right, guys, what is up? Welcome to the CSR Here podcast with our host, me, Saga, and our other co-host and the man himself, Nard, out here. Hello, hello. Welcome. Uh, we got some guests. Some of them are familiar faces. We have uh, our main guest today, starting from ATK. Missed him. Hello. We got the boy here, that, that paladin. What's up, man? We got, Koi. we got the Koi himself. Yo. And we got Sai. Look, we're doing this again. I'm, I'm on for two this... consecutive shows, and now he still can't get me right. But what's I up, am guys? so tired. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, so far, how's everyone's week going before we start this off? I mean, we're eating good with Cologne, right? Like, yeah. it's been some really Dude. good games. We've got some good upsets. That's, that's my, my week is one out of seven right now. Um, but you know that one overpowers all the other six. Team, look, we got the win today. Who is your other six? Uh, I mean, like every other day is just progressively oh, worse and worse and okay. worse as Team Liquid lose everything. <laughs> but you know, hey man, Team Liquid helped you out today. Yeah, I'm no, it made my week from average or you know like a four out of ten to a ten out of ten. Are you kidding me? All right, but before we talk about Liquid and its amazing victory, which all the NA boys here are really happy about, we're gonna head on to play in first. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll start. I mean, we, we kind of started with like a, some Preds. I think some of you guys weren't here. Some of you guys weren't. I think the biggest surprise of the plans, well, coming from the plans, I guess it's Mavistar Riders. Oh, they uh, battered Vitality. It, was, it wasn't even yeah. close. Yeah, they like they I, I put in my fantasy league like this is, this is my predictions from last week. Vitality was going through easy peasy, easiest bracket ever. No, Riders clapped him. Riders slaughtered. And they doesn't. Yeah, I have it pulled up here. 16-13, mm-hmm. And uh, Sanpaius, dude, he's... I didn't know he was that good until, like, watching the demos. He, he, like, he came out of nowhere for me. As an opera. The thing is, he, he's not, like, the most consistent guy. Uh, he's, he's been doing good work here and there. Uh, but... This was this was like his kind of statement piece, and mm-hmm. he's kind of not looked back at this event. Like he's been playing so well, like he's hitting every necessary shot. It's not anything like flashy per se, but he's just getting the job done, and it's just creating so much space on the map. I've just been I've just been in love with watching him play, and especially on Overpass, like a map that historically is a terrible map for Movistar Riders, and just battering Overpass against yeah. Vitality of all teams. That was, that was impressive for me. My- I'm. Oh, I'm also I'm also a Mopaz hype man. I'll uh I'll give it to to him as well. I think I've I've had some stock on him as a player for a long long time, uh since like 2020 days when he was integrated when Mobistar was like an international lineup. Uh, I think Mopaz has always been uh, such a talent, and he's now I think it's it's kind of coming out as official. He's a he's tier one rifler. Yeah, they've uh they've actually peaked at a really good time coming from uh, Valencia, winning Valencia, and then playing really well in this event so far, which we'll, we'll touch base with them later regarding the uh, group stage. But, um... Yeah. One other team's got the... Let's talk about big. Biggest... Yeah. That's <laughs> the biggest failure. Because, uh... They it's beat brutal, out... Right? They beat Order, which is pretty, you know, pretty easy for them. And wow. then, the big shocker was losing two old outsiders. Were they playing with Keto? Or Fathom? Yeah, Keto. Yeah, Keto. Yeah. Keto. Yeah, that's pretty rough for them. Like playing with a standard or whatever, despite like Keto being mm-hmm. part of that team, it's like he's not really like being playing a tier one for a while. Mm-hmm. 
and they're yeah. one of the teams that feel like they have kind of like a, a more rigid understanding of how to play the game. So like having someone that might be a little bit uncomfortable, like really sets them back. I feel. Yeah. And I mean, the problem is, is like their map pool just automatically shrinks and they'd have to like restrict yeah. themselves with how they're playing. And like, I expected them to win dust too, but it, I, I, I guess the, those 50, 50 games, you kind of rely on that heavy system of big and it's unlucky what happened to them. And I think that Astralis came to play this tournament. We'll definitely talk about them yeah. when we move on to the main stage. But I, like looking back, it's like that loss isn't really the worst thing in the world. And all said and done, like they got pretty unlucky with this bracket, I'd say. They uh their perma ban was Inferno prior to this tournament, and they're perma banning yeah. Ancient all of a sudden. What do so you guys make the of that? Why is they they played a, a specific match where they floated it and they just destroyed another team? I think. It was oh yeah, Rubet. you're right. It was um, at Rubet. Who was that against? I'm not really sure yeah. what team it was, but I think after they did that, they've kind of been like toying with the idea of like letting other people pick it into them instead mm. of and they're basically just floating it and winning every time. But I guess this time it kind of backfired because. You can't do that again and again because in, at, at some point the tape is too much and your tendencies are like are too expansive and people will punish you and that's I think that's what ended mm -hmm. up happening. And do you guys see that photo of um, Tizian? Hell, yeah. sad. Yeah, like not being able to qualify to one of the biggest tournaments and you know in your country and that's it's got to be uh, heartbreaking for them. Yeah, I mean, even like prior to this event, I think they were touted as one of the favorites. Look, I keep in mind, like keep in context. Sure, it's an online cup, but they destroyed in Rubet uh, with Keto. Even I don't even mm -hmm. think that the Keto thing was a problem for them uh, during during Rubet. And coming into this event, they're I mean, I touted them as a favorite to easily destroy their side of the bracket and just you know clap outsiders easy. Does it? Outsiders have been looking shaky. Not not uh, not that they're. Uh, out of form to say, but they're still getting into their form. I think it's outsiders a still line. have a, a peak to heat. Yeah, 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 they still have a peak to hit. Uh, but for for big, I think I thought surely they sweep that aside. They're into the main stage, and well, you know, I'm not necessarily sure if they can make it directly to playoffs. But they're still a very. They were like a top at least eight team there. Yeah, there were nine going into the tournament, right? Yeah, so it right, felt right. Like they were shooing, frankly, but. I mean, it, it, uh, what I've been noticing is this tournament in general, it's just making me realize that I wish Rubet Cut didn't happen because I think serious, <laughs> like, no, like, like seriously, it's like, I, yeah, I wish yeah, yeah. there was like, I think there's some serious fatigue for like all of these teams and they think, all look so uncomfortable and you can see just body language wise, they're all just like, kind of like, okay, let's just get to the next series and the next series and like everybody just so jet lagged. And if that Rubet Cup didn't happen, it was like, a week or two weeks break True. of just nothing and that would have been this would have been such a sick tournament and like i think you've seen you guys have all seen the, like tweets of like ends and stuff where they're like mm -hmm. no pressure furia with like the number of teams that are remaining and i believe it's just number one and two now that are just remaining from the top 10 and i to me it's like i i target fatigue as an issue and just the way people schedule this out this is why i respect navi they didn't even play rubet they took after the yeah yeah the blast win we're gonna take we're gonna take a week off Go two weeks off, whatever. Yeah, rest it up, and then look what they're doing now. That's I think that's a key factor. Remember, I think, oh, go ahead. I think it's I think I think it's also sort of part of the like the conversation regarding like having the player break after the major as well, because a lot of yeah. those teams are now looking forward to their summer break. And Cologne, while it's important, isn't necessarily like 
the most important event for them. And you can see that sort of reflected in the amount of preparation that's going into these games and how serious these games are being taken. I mean, you, you, I think somebody brought it up. I think it was YNK, but he was like, the, the major should be the last tournament of the season. And then like Cologne could be like the first tournament back. Yeah, like, that'd that is, be sick. That, that would like, completely change when, how you when did the, like, wait, think about the, To go on that, when did the major end? Like it was like the... the uh, end of was it end of May? Yeah, end of May, mid, I think. Yeah. Mid May. Like okay, so yeah, if they did May twentieth, whatever it was, twenty first specific date, and then take all June off and it's July, that'd be a perfect have a whole June off player break, be a perfect rain to Cologne to start. Didn't, isn't that what the CSPPA just tried to do? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, no, I, one, I, I, no, I no one liked those dates though. I don't think they've confirmed the dates though. Like that's the only thing. It's like Valve just, has to be that final say, and I hope that they make the right decision to put that as the last tournament because it's it's just a good way to like end the season. Like, and and you can definitely see in the minds of Faze, they're kind of like, mm. okay, well, we won the major, and no matter what they say, there will always be something in the back of their head. Like you know, we've kind of done the the big thing. Now let's take a break. Like, like we can kind of like yeah. step off the pedal a little bit. Like there's but, always that nagging feeling for all of these teams. Like no matter who won the major and who won beyond that, there's always a nagging feeling that, you know, the breaks around the corner. You, you definitely need a break after the major because of how, like how much hours you put in to prep for the major. It's just it's insane. Strength, yeah. Right? It's, it's such a mental strength. A week later they have to go to IM Dallas. It's like, why? It's crazy. So. Yeah, I mean, most, most of it is just burnout to be honest. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh... You need to. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of like hard because you need to be able to balance it. So like getting back to like Navi taking that break, I think it was mm -hmm. also good for them because they were able to like do some practice with uh, Sunday Young as well. Because like that one week break, you can actually get some map work done. And uh, Bernard is like no joke. It's really straining. And like some of the tweets that some people are putting out, like uh, interview the like Twist had, he said that they were suffering from burnout and. The results have been lackluster, but yeah, I mean, CS is just mentality. Like ninety percent of the game is just mental. Definitely. Uh, let's let's move on from um, big and um, next team we should talk about is uh, Mouse in the play-in. You know, going into the play-in, they were in very bad shape, losing a lot. You know, not not playing too well, and uh, they lost or they beat Pain nineteen sixteen, and then they lost. In a close fashion against Heroic, and then the lower bracket stage, they 2-0 Tyloo to get in. But um, let's, that's just quickly about Mouse. We'll touch more about Mouse uh, in the group stage. And then um, next team let's talk about is... Uh, we, can hit, we can hit all the Brazilian teams right now. Right now? Pain, 0-0 zero, zero Nation, 0-0, zero, zero. MIBR. That's my shout, honestly. 0-0, zero, zero, I think, came in and definitely performed way above their caliber that people expected them to i didn't so, think they would hit the ground running as they did that was uh -huh. the main thing because just putting in a new core into that lineup is something that wouldn't necessarily work out immediately at least with the success that they had at the tournament mm -hmm. and i think that hopefully in the future like i think the main problem right now is just cold zero needs to find his identity like he needs to kind of understand what his role is going to be and if they can figure that out if if Taco is willing to have that conversation with him and Cold Zero is able to put his ego aside, like this team could be really good, like genuinely. I, I think Cold Zero is playing very selflessly. All things said, watching him play, I think the the era yeah, of Cold no, Zero being a baiter um, mm -hmm. is very much over, and he is 
uh, him and Taco are stepping aside to allow this trio of Lotto, Try, and Dumao absolutely own. The old, the old Dude, guard letting the new guy shine. Dumao is known, like, from the last uh, broadcast with uh, Yell and uh, yep. these, these interviews, Dumao is going to be the next big uh, Brazilian star, according to everybody. So... I, and, uh, I I use the mouse like the Brazilian simple. I mean, like, yeah. I don't know. How, uh -huh. He's like 18, 19, and the guy already has 20,000 hours in the game. Like, all he does is just play Counter-Strike. And, and, and you played uh, against him, right, Mislam? Yeah, he's like, uh, he's like a really good player. Like, uh, mm. when we play like Mirage versus him, it's always kind of like, do Mao's going to be in connector? Like, we need to make sure that we actually like double peek him because he's always good for two. Like, he's just naturally like, got that talent and gift for the game. And there was a report that Liquid wanted to sign him, and he literally said no. Yeah, I think, like, part of that reason is, like, you want to kind of play for a team that's from, like, your country. Like, you know, he's playing with all of, like, these big names, like Taco and mm -hmm. things like that. He, it's people that he's probably looked up to when he's, like, growing up playing the game. It feels like there's a belief as well in that system that they're all buying into what Taco is saying, and I think that's something that's really difficult with, like, youngsters just in general. Like, where... They kind of want to do their own thing, and and it's really hard to like wrangle them all in. And I think they, they, he's doing a wonderful job that they all have the confidence, to, you know, trust what he's saying, and also have that individuality to like kind of do what they want across the map. I I don't know. I've I've been really been enjoying watching them play. Uh, I hope we get to see more of them. I think we will. I think they gotta start picking it up and getting better every, every tournament they play in. That's right. That's why I think. I think Zero Zero Nation have the building blocks. I think they have the firepower to compete with the top teams in the world. They just gotta, you know, everyone gets to find an identity, get on the same page, and they can easily be like a top 15 contender. So when I woke up, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe they upset Astralis. <laughs> oh, I I saw it coming. Oh, you did? Honestly, okay, okay. Yeah, I... I... Even this current Astralis that we see in this tournament, uh -huh. I have no faith they're gonna be able to win their quarterfinal game. Well, I mean, Zibnix is having a sort of renaissance. Like, we haven't had that in months. So, I don't think that, that in and of itself is yeah. a huge red flag. Conf Config, too, but and he's, yeah. he's woken up. Somebody found him on the milk carton. <laughs> okay. I think with the Zero Zero Nation Astralis game, I think it was literally the map. Like, they went for yeah, Mirage and. They I, flubbed the veto, right? Yeah, I don't. I can understand like the the standpoint of like Astralis going for Mirage because you don't really know what Zero Zero Nation is going to pick because they're kind of in that honeymoon period. You don't know mm -hmm. what sort of like map they're going to play. You don't know like what they've been practicing. So I guess in like terms of picking Mirage, it's kind of a map where you can take a lot more like aim duels. And when you have like the people that are on Astralis like BlameF and Config, like they should be able to like carry that team just based off their aim and things like that. But it like also, if you're gonna be basing it off of aim, you also have like Dumao and Latter that have been a, like yeah. probably what the best performance ever. Like when we were playing uh, Godsent and like some of our qualifiers, it wasn't even Dumao or anyone. It was literally Latter dropping like yep. thirty on us, and I was just like, "What is this guy on? Mm. Like, there's something that he's changed." And it's when you have two people like that that are like youngsters and are like able to just hit shots then it becomes a little bit scary especially on a map like mirage all right so we can take uh we could all agree that zero 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 nation has a lot of potential with these uh with this lineup with the experienced players alongside the young prospects definitely yeah, well, yeah. for sure okay. um the other brazilian teams who do we have mibr and imperial 
Imperial continuing their losing streak, not in good form. Um, Fallen said in the post game interview after losing to Zero uh, Zero Nation that uh, they've been playing a lot of events. Uh, they, they're burnt out. They're going to um, take the player break, come back stronger. So that's Imperial. And then MIBR with that new IGL switch from Woody to. Who, who's who's IGLing for them now? I know they picked up Burson. Uh, Cello. Cello yeah. So they're struggling right now with that move. Um, we'll we'll see what they can do coming back from the player break. Uh, what? Uh, let's talk about Cole. Uh, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Cole. You know what? I don't want to talk about Cole. Oh, that was that was not a fun game to watch. Okay. So many, so many two v fours. You know, big man advantages. Who are we talking about? Up. When they played Spirit or when they played Astralis? Every game, every okay. game I watched. It was so painful to watch because they just they cough up man advantages. Oh man! I mean, if they were playing against NA, they'd smoke them like a hundred percent. But every single mistake that they made in a in a mid round situation, they got dunked on for. Um, Junior had a better tournament. Junior, Junior played better. He actually played decent. Mm-hmm. He played decent. <laughs> but I don't think that's going to be enough to hold him here. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to not against Spirit and I guess an in a better form Astralis. I still don't believe in this Astralis. We'll get in that later when we talk yeah. about the main groups. But oh god, Nissan. I think with this complexity team, like it's very. I just think they have too many star players, like in that roster. I don't think there's like anyone that's willing to kind of just run in and and do like what they need to for the team. I think like everyone wants to perform and like get the stats. Like I could mm-hmm. be completely wrong, but I just like look at those names and like other than JT, which is just kind of like he's just someone that's like super selfless. Yeah. Like I do want to like. Shout out like Fang, he's been playing really good despite like their results. Like he's been putting up a lot of numbers, and I think like he doesn't get credit for that. And he's like uh, grinding a lot, uh, deathmatch and things like that. When I speak to him or whatever he posts on social media, like he is grinding. And it's not as if they're like not trying. It just kind of just seems like they don't have that motivation. They kind of just look drained. They look like robots when I like see them on the webcams and things. So mm-hmm. I just think there's so much stuff going on behind the scenes. What's happening with Cole, guys? I mean, I mean, they have like only a couple best of threes over like uh, wins over like European competition. Or I, I know there's not like, even they have like they, one. Yeah, it's like some ridiculous statistic mm-hmm. like that, and you can just see the confidence on them are just drained. Like these players are such a far cry from from where they were when they were like when they joined this team and this project was assembled, and you can just see like the interviews that they're putting out. They're like, oh well. We at least like uh, all these teams are scared that like they don't want to be the first team to lose. To us. Like, <laughs> oh no, that is, like, that's not the it, mindset it, you want. It, it's it's a brutal, brutal situation there, and I don't even I, I I don't even know where to start for for them to fix things. You know, like is it is it a break? Is <sighs> it you know cutting junior? Like is it is it even bringing in just like a supportive element? Like there are so many different issues that I don't even think there's like a one one move just fixes everything automatically. Yeah. Um, on paper, this team looked amazing. Like, mm-hmm. on paper, yeah. like, when this team was put together, even, like, these days, like, even these days, you see the names. Like, Fang MV- MVP in his first international tournament. You have Floppy, who has just been consistent as ever. JT has always been a solid IGL. Mm-hmm. You have Junior, who had his heyday back in back in NA. Admittedly, of course, you can all point the blade at Junior, but surely this has to be a team element uh, portion of it. And... I mean, outside of outside of that, really, it's 
I, I, and Grimm, who's just been a solid anchor player for most of his career. So at least well, for the last part of his career, I would say. So, I mean, on paper, it looks fantastic. You have tier one players that are coming out from mm. NA. The next up, so to speak. Uh, and it just feels like it never comes together. They're just very inconsistent individually wise. Like whenever I watch Cole, you, you don't know who's going to perform. <sighs> I mean, the mid rounds are painful to watch. Maybe they they just get played, but um, yeah, they they coughed up an unreasonable amount of like three v fives, two v fours versus Astralis that I was watching. It's so um, odd to me because that was that was like their big strength, right? Like I thought JT was a, a fantastic mid round caller. In, in like all the North American games that I've watched of him, and I thought that that was where he was going to shine, but it looks like he's just been like I, I don't know, like it looks like all of these players just are like a like just don't don't really understand like what their strengths are anymore, and they're kind of falling flat. Yeah, and to continue that, it also feels like like this is maybe a hot take or something, but uh. almost by having it be a team of like those next up players, is they. They're obviously going to be more kind of like, I'd say like mentally volatile or like not as consistent inherently because they don't have the experience to kind of fall back on. And it really shows, especially in like those mid rounds or something like that. Like there's just not enough voices as a team and as a unit to really push them through those tense situations. And that's why I think, you know, when they're in North America, they'll farm everyone, right? Because every single player is going to understand how the NA teams are playing and they're going to be able to take advantage of their individual experience and knowledge. But when it comes to the greater scale, like they're always going to fall flat until they actually have a core component that can speak up and can actually like take control of the situation when JT isn't able to, or when JT doesn't have the read. I mean, I'd love, to, I'd love to see a rush on this team. Like, it, I feel like that might solve some kind of solutions. I, a very experienced player, he's been through a lot of situations. It might be a little bit more of a supportive element. Try to play a little bit more selflessly. I don't know. Maybe that could work. But I don't know isn't if they'll that... take that that ego hit. That'll be. I think that's a headline we're going to touch on later. Um, I believe, but I think yeah, there's rumors is. that mm -hmm. EG were going to be benching Rush. So hey, mm -hmm. hey, uh, perhaps some good news. Um, I can uh, I can agree to Koi with the mid round calling. Like when I spoke to people, and obviously like MOTM has played with both JT and right. OC, mm -hmm. and he was telling me that like OC was a very quiet guy, but as he developed as a player, he also became like a louder voice. And I think when they lost OC, he was someone that like always spoke in the mid round, always like gave uh, uh, JT like suggestions, like we should do this or this, this and this. And then all he needs to do is just pick one of those solutions. And I think maybe that's probably like the downfall that they have right now is they don't really have that other guy that's just helping JT because at least from an experience for me, it's also pretty hard when like you're losing a lot and like everyone looks at you for like a solution and if you don't have one then it gets pretty like scary so maybe that mid-run voice is something that they need yeah because i mean think about it like you have junior who would like the opera is theoretically also a caller as well because he's going to call his own plays and stuff like that but junior he's not very confident in himself right now that's going to play a big part of it um floppy is very focused on you know performing his best finding his space and stuff like that Fang, Fang probably secondary calls a decent amount in like those situations, but he doesn't have the experience necessarily to like have the right reads. And then you have like Grim, who's sort of been like he's an extremely talented player, but in all of the teams that he's been on, with the exception of Liquid, you can even argue in Liquid this was the case. He was always kind of being supported by more experienced players, or like in the case of like Sheikh Zula or something, mm -hmm. right? Like he was always sort of being like uh, 
not necessarily microed, but he was yeah. being cared for. Um, and so he's not necessarily going to be the most vocal player either. Um, and it really comes down into like, where is the team's identity beyond JT? True. All right, guys. Uh, let's let's move on from the play-in. We'll talk about spirit, heroic, and vitality when we hit the group stages. Does anyone have any last words on the play-in teams before we move on? I took care of business. I think that's yeah. the the main the main takeaway. I'd say. All right, guys. Well, let's, well, one more, uh, let's talk about Ty. I want to say something about Ty Lu. All right, go right ahead. Ty Lu, they're they're in trouble right now because um, in the Asian scene, you got Rare Adam and IHC making their way up. Ty Lu hasn't looked. Yeah. You know, Tyloo's always been known to be the dominant Asian team, right? And now it's just it's not them no more. So they have to fix something for sure. Rare Adam is going to kick their butt. <laughs> yeah, all right, hundred percent. So I am unironically so excited for like this current generation uh -huh. of Asian CS. Like it's actually fun and like enjoyable to watch because it's a completely different style and it's so flashy and just enjoyable. I will I will watch Jam Young till the day I die. Oh my god, he is so fun to watch. That all their whole Valencia run was just so much fun to watch. Like mm -hmm. they they look so comfortable now. Like that they had a little bit of time in, in EU. I think they're boot camping in Europe as well for a little while. Uh, they played the Melbourne Open qualies in the European division. They didn't want to fly back, so they're they're here to grind. And I hope that they I hope they stick with it because there's a lot of potential with them. And I. Very firmly take them over a Tyloo right now, hundred percent. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, that's all I wanted to say. But uh, also, yeah. invest in those Tyloo stickers because they're not gonna get the next major ever again. <laughs> all right, let's Yikes. move on. Let's move on to the um, to the actual play, uh, the tournament. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Fi. Right. Shall we start off? I I'm always leading these segments off. Yeah. No, uh, we said we'll start off each team. So let's okay. Yeah. I mean, team by team, uh, yeah. heroic bombing out in last place. How about that one? I have. See who they lost to here. They uh, lost a mouse. Nip first. Mouse built diff. Yeah, they got the mouse. Understand how to run a team. Plus koi, minus koi, B tier one, easy. <laughs> it's the play. It's the play, dude. Just get me rid of out. Get me out of the team, and you'll make playoffs every event. <laughs> so against uh, NIP, though, they lost 16-13. Um, campus post game interview said that it's easy to read heroic because of their play style. Like they do these crazy like mid round pushes and like these crazy like. Random like four one stacks, so he was able to read a Hiroki set. So, yeah, to me, like I don't know if this is a hot take, but I don't like how Cadian calls the CT sides just because it is super risky, and especially on Inferno, he loves doing four one stacks, and sometimes it just looks foolish because it doesn't feel like he has too much of a read on the situation. And he's kind of like, okay, well, we're we're in a very dicey situation utility wise, so we're just going to like full send and just have four players on the a side and just hope that it works out mm -hmm. you know but it's not even like they keep Cadian on on half wall it's like just a rifler so i understand where hampus is coming from they also look like just generally the better mm -hmm. team that they they deserve 100 to win that they anti-shotted the hell out of heroic in that game. is there any take on hero sorry on any for the heroic that new you know new man jabby they still have a little like tweaking to do before they actually get good yeah for sure he actually played decent this tournament i know in the play-ins he played really good um i'm I, i'm not too sure about the uh this group stage he played i think he played okay right 
Yeah, I don't think. Right. Yeah. Considering the results, it's fine. I just want to make the statement though. How are you getting outred by Dexter? Okay. Yeah. Easy. Okay. Okay. No slander. No slander on Daddy Dexter. I'm not firing. I'm not firing shots. But I mean, for a guy who's been like criticized to be, you know, well, first of all, the 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 bench bench Dexter high, uh, headline was the funniest uh -huh. thing I read all week. But um, but the biggest thing is like for someone who's received so much criticism and generally said is inexperienced at tier one. He's uh, I mean, is. Is that an accomplishment, or is that is that Dexter's accomplishment, or is that Mouse's accomplishment? I I'm gonna go with Dexter's accomplishment, because um, mm -hmm. one of one of the most um, when when I was around, uh, Dexter was sort of reliant on the more experienced ass like members of the team. You mm -hmm. know, like we had Robson Acor, and so they had you know more experience than Dexter. Um, and so as a result, they were kind of a, like, they picked up a lot of like the actual slack. So he wasn't necessarily like a team leader. He was just like the in-game caller, if that makes sense. Yeah. With his current generation, I think he's finally finding that like actual team dad kind of like approach now. Um, and it's taken a little while to get there, but I hung with them the entire time at Dallas. Um, and you could see that that was actually starting to take shape even there. And I think that this is just a continuation of that kind of like role change now. And to go on with Koi, if you move off the off the match page against Heroic, look what they beat. They beat they beat Heroic, Vitality, Nip. Like mm. to me, it was like the, the bracket that they had. It was like okay, well, you can argue that you know Heroic just brought a new player. It was a bit topsy turvy, like that that maybe caught them by surprise, and then they beat Vitality, who again is another shaky team. Yep. They can beat anybody and lose anybody. But the, the the game that I was like, oh my god, this this was a legitimate run mm -hmm. was their win over NIP because I think that they looked very calm. after they beat G two. I was like, okay, these this this is gonna be the team that just makes it through the lower bracket final. But um, they like really just grinded the games out, and then on Mirage, I think they won like sixteen straight rounds in a row, and like they just never looked back. It, it was really impressive to see and i think that this this quarterfinal they have against astralis that's a completely winnable game i'd say yeah like the pressure's off for them like because they've been you know they've received so much hate and stuff and criticism um due to the, like their past performances mm -hmm. that like they don't care mm -hmm. they they really don't care if they lose they lose who cares right um i think that that's really healthy for them especially when they have the young players because like JDC is playing really well. Torzy is playing lights out. Yeah. And those are like players that, you know, they might have struggling mentals when they're going through all those losses. But now, dude, they don't care. They just want to shoot people. <laughs> I think like uh, JDC is a pretty big, uh, like positive in that team. Cause like I watch a lot of like the mouse sports vlogs and it's JDC is the type of guy that hypes the team up all the time. He always like cracks jokes and, and things like that. And maybe they didn't have that before in like their previous rosters or. Dex has never played with someone like that, so I guess him becoming the dad, and then you also have someone in the team's like cracking all these jokes, and you also have Frozen. That's like even though he's young, like he's been under like Carrigan, and he's been playing with other like really experienced players that have like helped him grow, and he's probably also given like Dexter like uh, things that like he wants to do because if you watch their games, he's kind of like the star player in terms of like what it looks like is Dex is just telling like Frozen, go do whatever you want and then I'll tell the rest of us what to do because Nuke, for example, he's the guy that's kind of been that electronic, kind of doing his thing outside, pushing into like big garage, catching all these timings and yeah, I think Dexter has all the tools and he's just like improving the entire time. I don't see a way in which he's not going to improve. 
yeah, when, yeah give... when, when they made these moves it was like it, it was frozen's time to be the star player uh -huh. and he kind of had a huge dip like they had that they had that flashpoint three run and that was really impressive just but again the firepower was all like everybody was playing like i think they had all had crazy ratings at that tournament but beyond that tournament like frozen's individual form wasn't nearly as impressive as it used to be and under kerrigan it was like this guy was insane like we were like oh okay maybe next year he'll be a top 20 player for sure like he'll be in that conversation but um we haven't had that in a long time in this tournament he's just been he's been crazy obviously just in general the core has been working really really hard and they all look very comfortable themselves but frozen in particular i was hoping that we would see a resurgence from him for a long time because he's had a lot of potential and we've seen that potential show up in a lot of situations but now i think under this new core he's finally realized you know okay i have all of this space let me actually do something with it and and put on a good show you know yeah to touch base with what you're saying paladin is like when raps left Mouse definitely had to sign Frozen, and they they did, and they kept oh, them because they're they're building the team around him. He is the star player, and um, besides Frozen, JDC he finally stepped up to where he looked when he first stood in. Was it at Pro League? Uh, it was he, Katowice. Katowice, yeah, for NBK. So that's when he played lights out, and he's having that type of uh, tournament right now. And then Torzi's showing up too. So Mouse is Mouse is looking really good right now. Yeah, and Bemis is kind of also like just building like team a lot better than he did in the past. It's nice. Hey, he looks like so much more comfortable in the role, right? Because he was like hard entry before, and now he's like lurking. Um, I I thought he looked really good. Like it, it didn't even take him very long, but he looks like he really knows what he's doing. He's done the like hard demo work to like really understand how to play that type of a game. It, it's not hmm. easy to just convert such a polar opposite role to role like that. I hope. Mouse can continue this type of performance even if they lose against Astralis. Like, I don't want to see them fall back to where they were before. I want them to bounce and move forward from the from um this tournament. They can they can beat Astralis because they have that like attitude. They beat like look what they beat. I think they can do it. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. We'll preview that in a bit here. Um, let's oh. uh, let's continue with like the lower um who who got knocked out besides heroic right away. Uh, Ents. These guys need a break, man. I like, yeah. like of all of the teams here, I think they need the biggest break, dude. Like they looked so exhausted in all of these games, and like Snappy was getting like so mad during these games. Like oh, you can yeah. see like how much fatigue this these people have. Like, and I don't blame them. You look at all the tournaments they played. It's not mm -hmm. like they're just getting bombed out of all these tournaments. They're going deep, so like they're playing at these locations for so long. They hop on a plane, they go to the next place, and like they're going deep there as well. And so it's like. When is it going to end for them? When are they just going to be able to like scrim for like two seconds? Like they, they, I don't even think they have room to do that. And like I think all the teams that got knocked out, they also had just a really awful bracket. Like having to play Vitality and then mm -hmm. G two. Like yeah, I, I, I don't write this event as like a bad one for them at all, in my opinion. Yeah, very unlucky uh, matchups against Vitality and G two. So, um, anybody have any last words about Ents? I think that was the, the sums it up. They just playing too much. Need a break. Need a break. Um, other teams that got eliminated. Yeah. I mean, well, teams that didn't get eliminated. Team Liquid. Uh, no, no, we'll Liquid. Save it. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Outsiders and Zero Zero Nation are next. Yeah, I just need more time to play. I think. Yep. Ooh, yeah, Outsiders uh, and Zero. Both teams. Yeah, both teams. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just need more time to play. Um, how about the big ones? G two and Vitality. 
Yeah, Gene Two Vitalia are the next ones out. Man, I'm we can we can talk about all day about this. Uh, <laughs> let's let's go with Vitality that. first, boys. I, I'm out. <sighs> I think I'm done with it. Like I, you, uh -huh. you got me in for a little bit. Like they kind of like put out the fishing rod, and I was like, uh -huh. I, I took the bait after spring. Which finals event was that? Blast. Yeah, blast spring yeah. finals, and then I was getting reeled in, and then they kind of just lost me. Like I, I had to let go. Like I, I'm just done. I, it, it just the thing is, is to me, it, the 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 whole project is like you're blending in two polar opposite like mm -hmm. philosophies of Counter Strike. You're taking French. French Counter Strike, which is objectively like very brawly CS, very like we're gonna, we're gonna force by when we feel like it, and we're gonna really take it to them, and that's something that they've done very well. But now you bring in Zonic, who has another vision of the game, which is a much more structure-heavy, uh, tactical aspect of the game, and you can very much in game and out of the game, like like not out of the game, I'd say they're they're, they're on pretty good terms, but like in the game, like you can just see like clashes on how these team, how these players want to play, and I don't think it's gonna work. So either. Like, I don't even know, like, how drastic of a change you want to make because they've put in a lot of money into this project in and of itself. So I don't even know wh where they could go. I don't know about you guys. I think, um, like, Vitality, they would, like, they do these, like, documentaries and they go really in-depth. And Zonic was saying this is, like, the best team that he's ever coached in terms of synergy. Like, everyone is everyone is very very like happy with each other like if you just watch the documentaries they yeah. are always laughing and apex is a, an insane leader like uh, he does all these amazing like talks before and after so it's weird for me why this team isn't performing i think it does come down to like the difference in play styles because uh one of the things that were like said in the interview or something is that like apex is a very reactive caller he likes to as soon as he sees something he calls mm -hmm. instantly and this is what we're doing and maybe like as you said, like Majesk and Dupree, the guys that are like playing are just, they don't really know how to react that fast. You know, maybe they want some like set reactions and things like that. But in terms of like the communication and everything like that, like it's, I don't know, it's like the best, like they're all laughing and they're always having fun. It's it's crazy how the the results aren't better. So it has to be like something in game, but like outside the game, it's, it's spectacular, like the things that you see. They've been, they've been putting in the work for for in terms of synergy, right? Like when they first brought together the team, they like went on a hike into the mountains or something together, yeah. and they were like yeah. like sleeping in like tents together and like making fondue in like the middle of the cold. Like they they've been like even like they've been really trying to manufacture like relationships between each other, and you can definitely see they get along. I definitely agree with that. But it, it's just odd that like you put in that much time into supposedly the most difficult aspect of of it all, and in game it's just not converting and. For me, it's just like, I don't blame any of the players in particular. I don't blame any of the, like, the coaching staff. It's just like, this just didn't work. Like, let's just go our separate ways. Maybe Vitality goes back all French and, you know, Zonic, Majisk, and Dupree can go find another Danish core. They can very easily handpick any of the talent that are, that is in the Denmark scene. Like, they'll find something easily. And I think they'd both be better well off, but that's just me. Yeah, Zonic, like, said that they don't really... They obviously care about the results, but in terms of like actually building their team, they know it's a long-term thing. Yeah. So we, 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 put, yeah. If they're willing to put in that work, then so be it. You know. Yeah, we obviously don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but like Sonic was saying, that it's a long-term project. Even though things aren't going mm -hmm. good right now, it's by long-term he means like the team needs to be together for like a year. Okay. So it, it, in terms of like them actually seeing results, it might not be now because they could be taking it very slow, like map mm -hmm. by map or. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're just focusing on things, and it's not as if they're getting like super bad results. Uh, 
like some some events really good and then some events like it's it's not the worst but you should be able to be beating these teams to whoever they're playing and yeah it's just weird i think yeah. this player break will be a really good indicator for how they do going forward uh like how they return from the player that might so yeah. those fall groups are going to be super important like just to gate it's like a really good like settling in uh, tournament, I'd say, for like all of those big teams, they all have an opportunity as well. So it'll be it'll be interesting because I think a lot of these teams need a break. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I guess. Paladin, you want them to make a change? Miss them? You don't think so from the uh, blogs, right? Yeah. Uh, who else? By uh, Koi and Saga, you think Vitaly should make a change? I feel like they always get unlucky. Uh, a lot of their tourney. I mean, this is a. This, I mean, this is a tournament where they've just been upset. It felt like they've been upset over and over again. I mean, they've gotten bodied by riders twice. So, and then they got owned by mouse. I, I don't know what to say about this. I think I'm gonna have to wait until after the player break before I make up my, my mind I, about this team. Think, They're still top five. More, I think a little more, more time. Give them a little more, more time. I I think the kind of team that. Because they don't have the like, young, really, like they don't have the young talents to like mm -hmm. kind of rely on that like star power, that they do need as much possible to actually like develop their system into something that works. So I'm gonna go with more for sure. How about G2 now? G2 is what a mess right now. <laughs> I don't even know, I don't even know what you do, right? Like. Well... On paper, like the sum of these oh, these parts should be so much better than what they're outputting right now. It's like, what is going on? Like, I, I don't even know where to start. G two. Oh, I know where to start. Nico yeah, where? Off. Sorry, uh, Nico. What? <laughs> no, 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 no. Nico IGL. Nico I have mixed feelings about G two. Like, it's it's hard. Like. I don't know. You have like a Lexi B, which is not a dumb IGL. Like this guy is smart, but mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I just, it's the same for Vitality for me. I don't know how they're not getting results. Like, uh, yeah, they have all the every, pieces. Everything just like looks. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they just need more time. Honestly, like I think a lot, a lot of these teams. I would say Counter Strike today is very like individual, individual based. Like if you have like two to three individuals that are performing at a consistent level, you can like get to like really far into an event mm -hmm. like if you look at any other like even these movie star uh movie star riders and mouse like even though they're in like the quarterfinals like the players individually have been playing lots out and every other team that they've played no one has really performed or like showed like really really good stats everyone like some pious tournament like mouse you have like frozen and bms everyone has like been putting individual numbers and maybe like g2 Nico has been like lackluster hunter. There's no one that's really like performing at a great level, and then vitality as well. Like Zawi's not really at like his top performance like he was like a year ago. So it's, I'll say the individual individuals need to step up. Maybe it's not like a team problem. It it could just be like individuals based off of like burnout because there has to be like pressure or something along those teams. On paper, this team should just be like bonkers. You know, like Nico, Monacy, and Hunter as a just a trio of fraggers, mm -hmm. and then. You have like a fantastic space maker in Jax. I, I whether or not he gets good stats, the the thing is, is he just he makes a lot of space for some of these players, and I think that he's a a big like beacon of like support as far as out of the server goes. Mm -hmm. That you need a player like that, 
And then you also have like a, a, a tenured IGL. So like on paper, this this should never have been a problem. And after Katowice, they should have just continued that form. But Alexi B doesn't feel, I don't feel like he, he's got a, like a finger on the pulse of how to play his T sides yet. I think X has and him really need to just iron out a lot of set strategies because they haven't been able to do that. This mid rounding hasn't looked as comfortable as he used to, because that used to be one of his best parts of like, playing reactively like he was very good at that on on ensign and og but he doesn't look like that at all now on g2 it looks like you you'd think that with the individuals as a huge upgrade on g2 would be it would be so much easier to call and like be like you know Mm -hmm. nico go do something hunter go do your own thing and and maybe we can like reconvene but it just it doesn't look cohesive in the slightest sense it just looks very discombobulated and i don't know why that is like is it a different in my eyes i think maybe it might be like a philosophy difference between Uh alexi b and extas but that's all speculation i'd say like you said paladin alexi b like og and nc's micromanaging like when you hear the voice comms of like the blast you know uh segments he would be micromanaging his players and when he joined g2 with all these experienced players and in interviews he's saying he's not he doesn't have that micro as much so he's he's trying to transition into this IGL style where he's not microing. So we'll have to see if he can figure it out. I, yeah, I think, think like uh, I think like one topic is like movie star routers and mouse, like they're in these quarterfinals, but they haven't really played as many events as all these other teams. The so they they yeah, they like fresh and they probably probably a level ahead from all the other teams because they've been able to practice. So that could also be like And the card yeah good. Probably it's not even G2 of Vitality's fault. Like uh, I think we'll be able to see what these teams are capable capable of after the player break, because everyone should be fresh at that point. But I think this tournament, like alone, maybe Starrados and Miles are just fresh and they're able to get a step ahead. I mean, it helps that they won Valencia, right? Like they also have crazy good momentum right now. Like all, all these, yeah. all these these uh, quarterfinal teams, it's like they've got some real motivation behind them. Like you look at Liquid as well, bringing in Yekindar, it's like. They they must be so excited to play with like a potential top five player. Like they they want to use all this experience and, and gain all this knowledge and be to try to push the issue. Mobistar Riders obviously winning Valencia, Astralis and Maus. Like they, those two are teams that haven't necessarily had the best of results. So they've obviously tried to grind out a lot of uh, practice in the behind the scenes as well, getting knocked out of these tournaments earlier. So like all of those quarterfinal teams, it's like yeah. Well, the thing is. If you're in the top 10, you got to be always trying to reinvent yourself. And if you don't have time to reinvent yourself, then with how Counter-Strike is today, people will catch up very, very quickly. And we see that just with, with how the bracket looks these days. All right, yeah. before, before we hit on the Liquid, as we all want to talk about Liquid, let's hit on the CIS teams really fast on Cloud9 and Team Spirit. Uh, real quick here, um, before we go on, does anybody think we uh, G2 should make any changes? No. 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 There's none you can make. Not really. Okay. Just uh, I asked that because uh, when um, when G two lost to NIP post game interview uh, with Alexi B, he's like, I don't know what's gonna happen next. <laughs> so knowing knowing Carlos, like he's always yeah. very willing to spend money, and uh-huh. I'm thinking that he's at least toying with the idea to buy Yekindar, but I don't even know if he'll commit to that. I don't even think that is the move. Like I don't. Ever- I really don't. Every team's first decision when making a roster move is to cut the coach. 
I really hope they don't do that. I, I don't. Really hope. I genuinely hope they don't do that because I just think this. I mean, unlucky, no EG, I guess. Five. GG. No uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. Of course, of course. All right, let's guys. Let's talk about the the CIS teams mm-hmm. on um, Cloud Nine and Spirit. Uh, let's do Cloud Nine first. Man, talk about a rough Exhaust. performance for Nafani. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he uh, what was that against Astralis? Was it on Mirage? Yeah, I, I think he had like a point one eight rating on a map or something like that, like a career low. Oh my gosh! Like, yeah, it was uh, it was like one in twenty three. Yeah, at dude. A point. Oh, so brutal. And like, it sucks because he's the type of player that is somewhat of an X factor when it comes to like how he plays the game. Like, he's the guy who phases through smokes. He's the guy who, like, on on Vertigo, he's the guy that's just like running up yellow. You know, uh-huh. um. And if that guy isn't rolling, that he, who's also like a significant part of the energy of that team, if he is down and out, like it's a real problem. And again, I, I I hate to bring it up again and again, but I seriously think this team is also a team that is fatigued. Um, uh-huh. And just with how this bracket shaped out, I don't with all these top teams that have fallen. It's like, look, I I can't even I can't even say like, okay, this is the time where we need to like you know cut Nafani and bring in another. Like I think we should just wait and see. Like. Let's see what happens after Rio. Like, let's just keep all the rosters, like, st- keep them put, and then let's see what happens after Rio, or at least after the RMR or something like that. Because I don't, I don't want too drastic of a change to happen with Cloud Nine, especially bringing uh, joining a new organization like this and trying to change things up immediately. That that I don't think that would be the best. I don't think they're not, they're not even. Hey, Boomich is out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is. Uh... Yeah. This isn't like the normal cloud down that we've seen. Yeah. So it's like one bomb out of an event. I don't really think you can base anything off of this. No. Especially because uh, it's Dallas. They won Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. They've been playing so well. It's like we just talked about it a little bit earlier about like how tier one teams are constantly just needing to reinvent themselves. So like I, I think that it was literally just the unfortunate situation of it's the last event of the of the cycle it kind of just makes sense that they're not going to have the energy necessarily to just power through or I mean, they're, 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 shit. The, they're, they're the team that like does the most prep work like before, like, or at least that's what's talked about. And they love to do anti-strouting and they love to try to like really get in the heads of team. That's why they were so good online. Right. They had all this time to just anti-strat, anti-strat, anti-strat. And they had none of that time. So I completely agree with you, Koi, that not being able to reinvent at all is just such a big issue for them specifically, I'd say. Yeah, so I don't I don't think that we should like there's no like concerns there. Like you're going to have situations like this in the grand and then you have spirit with the new the new boy of wonderful. Like it's just like the same like the old zero zero nation give him time. Yeah, he played okay. Yeah, he, played- he didn't I play mean, bad. He didn't play like super good. I'm I'm so happy to see Patsy still performing because mm-hmm. I thought that might have been a flash of the pan in Antwerp, but Dude, this guy's got balls, and he's also got a hell of a name. Like, he is performing very well, very fearless. His entry percentage yeah. is nuts. Like, I'm massively impressed with what he's been doing on, on the Spirit like, team. Play, with how, with how uh, aggressive he is, right? Uh, like, you can have Wonderful be a very passive opera, and it's totally fine. Like, it'll still work out in the long run. And I think what they've, what they've done for their scouting, in terms of their scouting, they've done their homework. And instead of bringing in, like, a player like Deco or, like, you know, any other tier two talent, like they've picked a player that's a little bit more passive and is willing to hold lines and allow for spacing for like a chopper or a Patsy to just work work their magic, you know? Yeah, to touch base with Patsy, 
I remember when Spirit was experimenting with the six man roster and he they they like they brought him in for the first time in like a DreamHack game. I can't oh, remember. He looks so bad. He looks so dude, bad. Dude, and then that and then that was it. We never seen him again. I was like, yeah. oh, that's it. And then they brought him back for the main roster and Lord and behold, he's an actual star. So I think they brought him in as the IGL. Um, oh, was it? Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. like really abysmal. <laughs> like he could he couldn't call yeah. like Mirage of all maps, and it was it was not a good yeah. like state of affairs. But I'm so glad they like stuck him around. Like they didn't just like you know put it, like, cast him aside and just say you know you're stuck to Academy from now on. But um, it, it's worked out good for him. I'm so happy that all of these teams that actually like have invested in the Academy ecosystem yeah, are actually yeah. getting so much value out of it. Because like, no, the, the, gone are the days where you can just like scout random players and they're perfect. Now you actually kind of have to like build them into your system prior to them actually joining your team in order for yeah. the results to be there like shout out to we play academy like that whole league is growing every year mm -hmm. and obviously like some teams that are coming in they're not that great but it's just like the fact that teams are willing to see miles nxt success and and see spirit team spirit academy success as yeah. well like it's going to create some kind of waves to at least dip your toe into that aspect mm -hmm. of the game like i hope that i hope it's they like uh it's like college and then going pro, right? You get all those yeah. prospects. Like we've seen so many pro prospects come through to tier one now from uh, WePlay, so it's amazing. And I think Spirits is gonna keep on doing good. I like that team. Yeah, I I hope they like replicate their form like they did uh, previously. But I'm worried that they're gonna try to replicate what they did when they first broke onto the scene way back when. I think it was Katowice or something like that. But uh, they had like a crazy deep run and they had like a huge drop off in form and then they had that huge capitulation in, in November. Uh, but yeah, you're they right. Can, like replicate that form. I really hope that they can stick around because I sorely miss spirit just in the upper echelons of Counter-Strike. As soon as they stopped getting invites, mm. like they really fell out of relevancy. So good, good, good that they're still relevant. Uh, before we, we move on for a little bit on anything else on these two CIS teams. No. I think that's it. Oh, really? All right. And I think uh, we'll hit on the big two favorites at the moment because I think no one's like shocked at all. Phase and Phase uh, and uh, Navi. We all, I think we all kind of believe they're gonna make it in. Yeah, there's not much to talk about Phase and Navi. Uh, yeah. Right. We all knew they're gonna go through. I was talking about this earlier, but uh, um, the bracket for Phase's run to the finals, all things considered, is kind of week like they beat zero zero nation and yeah they beat spirit as well but then they beat astralis and then they'd have to potentially beat the winners of mobistar and liquid who obviously on paper like they still should be showing up a fight but yeah like, you wouldn't have to beat any big teams to get there except probably navi in that bo5 like it is pretty a pretty odd situation i think for you me. can say the like, same thing know, with you, navi though right yeah you just gotta play <laughs> the who's ahead of you, you yeah know? yeah and it, it the is bracket's kind of weak for both sides but I, I'm hoping that we get that final of Phase Navi. That's just what I'm begging. Oh, best of five, too? Oh, oh man. So marvelous. Yeah. Rematch of Antwerp, that would be fantastic. Uh, team Liquid versus Astralis. Easy clap. Uh, I want Team Liquid versus Navi. And then that's what I want. And then Team Liquid get, you know, 0-3. So should we, should we go that. back to should we go back <laughs> to NIP Inferior before we talk about who's alive? Uh, let's... I think NIP are just like the most mediocre team to ever hit Counter Strike Global Offensive, the Global Offensive scene. They have like never make playoffs of any of the events they attend, no, but they, they always, always make playoffs. Come so painful. Well, they, 
if they make playoffs, they, they always make playoffs. Or they bomb out of playoffs. Yeah, they bomb right? out of playoffs, but they always make it. There's never any hope that this team is going to make a grand final. But there's always Look, conditions I, with them, though. I, I, I'll push back, okay? I think that what DGL and Hampus have done, uh -huh. I will say that their T-side looked, looked abysmal at the beginning of the year. Oh, my God, atrocious. But now they, like, actually look like... These, these people, like these players, actually know what they're doing on T side. There's an actual game plan. And even with the conditions and the caveats that they have, tournament after tournament, whether it's like whether a device is going to be there yep. or not, or, Stand -ins. or whether they have to play with ZTR or, or whatnot, they still mm. look somewhat competitive. They're still taking upsets here and there. I will say, yeah, I wouldn't bank on them making a grand final. But hey, if they get a device back onto their team, I think that this team can be easily yeah. top five. I think that they can easily start to consistently bring out good results. I think they have the capability to do so. Yeah, I, I want to like touch back on Mystem's point about teams being so individually based. And the, I think the one glaring issue with NIP is that I don't think there's any huge individuals. But I think barring Hampus and maybe a good Brolin pop-off that this team can really dominate opposition and pull off upsets. Don't That's forget, just my take. Don't on forget NIP. about Res too. Like, like he, I mean, Res, he, he yeah, yeah, and yeah. Res, and yeah. Res. But I mean, mm -hmm. it's. I don't think Res has been the consistent force that I think we saw out of him, like maybe late 2021 or mm -hmm. earlier on this year. Uh, I think it's more reliant on Hampus finding really good timings to make, uh, to make things happen. Um, and I guess the addition of Brolin, but I, I just don't see this team stacking up necessarily to. Say the Movistar Riders who have literally just five fraggers just owning everyone. Um, so that's just my take. Hmm. I'll leave it open ended like that, but uh, I, accept that. I suppose on a Furia and an IP bores me. That's my statement. <laughs> yep, there you go. <laughs> that encapsulates it pretty well. Why they yep. bore you? How they I play? Don't, I don't want to explain it. Okay. No, it's a right. boring statement. Me? It will bore no, up. No. That's why. No, like the whole like idea behind NIP is that they're designed to be like this like super team of sorts from uh. their respective, right? And so, because they're hamstrung by the device, from a management perspective, just cut the guy. Like literally, just get rid of him. At this point, you need actual results. You need something to actually appease the investors and whoever's actually like part of the program so that you can actually like start moving towards something else. Cause like how many months now have they been in this awkward situation where they just haven't been able to do anything because of their roster problem, you know, mm -hmm. like just do it man up and do the freaking thing and actually start winning games because they have like all of these like really talented players like on paper, right? Like, Brolin, Hampus, Rez, Esetek, yep. Plosky, all of those players, if they actually have some that they need, will farm, right? They're, like, pound for pound, they're, like, a heroic, if not better, which is a really hot take. Um, but, like, they just need to get over this current issue with the, uh, the device thing, and I think that, the, you know, the sky's the limit for them. Yeah, it's like the, the whole S-Attack opping thing, I think that is one thing I would definitely agree with you guys on. It is not going to work. It's not going to work, and I hate that they're all like, yeah, like, this is the five-man lineup that we want to go with. It's like, you don't, you, no, none of y'all believe that. Like, it, it is just, he's never been an opper, and I don't think that we should be trying to make him be an opper. And that's not, like, that's not even a dig at him. Like, I think he's a fantastic player, but I think he should be sticking with the rifle 100 times out of 10. But, uh, if you don't have device 
or you don't have a clear understanding of what the situation is, then like, what do you do? I think fair enough with dip right there. They just need the vice or just to clear that issue. How about Furia? Or, or, or for him to leave, but yeah. yeah. How about Furia? Furia? Uh, let, me, let me start with Furia. So they've been very shaky till, you know, this tournament, right? Losing a lot. And um, I think they started off with a loss against Astralis, and then they bounced back against Outsiders and Spirit. So the reason why they bounced back is they had individuals step up, as in Yiri and Keiserato. But otherwise, um, I don't know. I don't know what's... I mean, it's, it's... I don't know if this is a good placement for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a team, they've been criticized on, you know, their struggles, potentially, uh, as a unit. But is this a was this event really a struggle? Was this a sign of life for Fury? Yeah, that's that's what uh, I'm trying to figure out too. I, I'm I'm thinking this is a little bit of a better trend than what we've seen from Fury as of late. Oh my god! After watching Valencia, I was like had very <laughs> low expectations for them here. I think they came out in last place, but uh, and after being potentially favorites to win the whole thing, uh-huh. it looked like the most stable roster out of the whole thing, which capitulated. But here, I mean, winning over Spirit. I think it has to be taken as a as a good win, uh, but absolutely getting rolled by uh, by Liquid. Look, Liquid. I wouldn't call good. that being rolled. Oh, that's not uh, rolled. It was far <laughs> from a roll. It was no. Like, oh my god. I I think Liquid shot themselves in, in in their own foot a couple of times, but I don't mm. know. I, I I hope that we get a little bit more from Furia, but um, they definitely look better than what they did at Valencia, and that at least yeah. is a is a plus for me. So a good sign then. Uh, them more I'll so say, yeah. yeah of course it's gonna be the player break so i mean yeah. uh, every time we go after the player break it's always a dice roll but yeah. uh i think generally said it's a, on a better note to end the year for furia or end the semester now let's go to everyone's favorite topic liquid you kinder Woo! Woo! <laughs> let's go throw them everything I... you have liquid <laughs> my my soul has been wandering restless and it has returned back to its host in Garrett Fi cast sheer. I'm feeling great. You know what? They their first match was against Spirit and they should have um they should have won that ancient. You guys watched that ancient, the last map? I did. Yeah. Oh my yeah. that was brutal. Yeah, that yeah. was don't don't remind me. No no no. Liquid went through to the playoffs absolutely clean. They didn't drop a map. Yeah. Are you talking about afterwards? I mean, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a hypothetical situation. Oh, okay, that would okay, never okay. ever happen. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah. the talking point is Jakinder. Uh, I watched us too, and on their CT side, they're letting him do whatever he wants. Like I, I, like he's picking up the second op. He was like playing multiple positions, so they've given him a lot of uh, freedom. Uh, overpass. I know he. On CT side, he was playing A, which he usually does with Outsiders. I can't remember where he was on T side. And then on Ancient, uh, he was lurking on T side. I can't remember what he was doing on CT side. But um, my first impressions of Yakinder and Liquid, they look really good. They're giving him a lot of space to to do what he wants. And I, I like that they're doing that. Like, And from what I've been hearing as well, they've been like they've been learning a lot from him and mm-hmm. trying to mold the 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 styles of both North American Counter-Strike as well as 
like some of that outsider's DNA. Yeah. And while it's not always consistently hitting, like you can obviously, there's some situations where there's like 18 seconds left on the clock and they can't make that snap decision just because that's not something they've been regularly been doing. Uh, but when it does work, it looks really, really good. And um, there are definitely some like mental blocks that happened along the way, but the fact of the matter is they made, the, made it to the playoffs. And I think that in and of itself is a step above from what we've seen a liquid in a long time. And I'm just so glad we have like finally like a, like a genuine North American team in the playoffs. We'll throw on the kitchen sink. You get everything. Yeah. yeah. I saw that interview too, uh, with Daps where, uh, he's saying Yakinder's bringing in a lot from, uh, outsiders. And when Yakinder played in outsiders, he gave a lot of praise to James and he said he was one of the, uh, the smartest players he's ever played with. And then in, in another HLTV article with fame and Norbert, they also agreed, saying James is super smart. So it's good to see you kind of bring in um, some of the outsiders' uh, feedback and uh, training and system into Lake Team Liquid. And then they're, just, ma- they're mashing everything together. I'm just super happy that what it's done is it's given another, like, actually aggressive space taker mm-hmm. to Liquid's arsenal because, like, Alij has been playing really well because. Oh yeah! Cause now, because now he's finally has the space to operate at his comfort level versus in the past where he kind of had to, you know, pick up the slack when it came to entering or taking space or something. And like, there were times in the past where you could see him visibly struggling with like just taking fights because he'd get caught out or something. And Yukindar's kind of like starting to take that from him, and it'll give him a lot more freedom. And the energy, like I. One thing that's been sorely lacking in the liquid camp, but just like, like that fiery personality that really just mm-hmm. rally up the troops. And you can see this guy's yelling up a storm and every every one of their matches. Like it's good. It's good to <laughs> see that like even even in the um intangible side of things that he's slotting in really well. He's now, like whether Stewie. Or not he's gonna, yeah, it's like it, you need a Stewie. Like it, it whether like we like it or not, we can't really beat around the bush. Like it it is something that's very necessary for a team like that where you don't have many huge voices. That's At true. Least, outside of the game in terms of energy um that having a yekandar is is like a boon like it also helps that he's he's a mm. monster in terms of aim but uh, i think even beyond that he, he's been a huge huge boon i i hope that he stays that's just me i hope he stays i agree with but, the uh intangibles like looking at team liquid elite oc naf nitro the personalities they, they don't they're like all pretty quiet so bringing in somebody like your kinders definitely can boost up the morales Quarterfinal is going to be hot. Like that Mobistar game is going to be fun. Yeah, we can go. I hope Mopaz has his career worst game, even though I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> they, the last time they played against each other was at Pro League, Pro I think, League, yeah. right? And then Mobistar's, right? They, they, they won that one. So. That was their big five uh, zero run, I think. Uh, yeah. In, in the group stage, yeah. And then then they just bomb playoffs. Yeah, they they like had a they had like a round two berth, and they just bombed out. Yeah. So everyone, we guys got one. What's the what's your finals uh, matchup? Team Liquid versus Astral, uh, not Astralis. Are we talking about what the semifinals? Liquid versus Mouse. Screw this. Oh, in the grand final. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, I don't. I don't want that to be the grand final. That's gonna make it really tough for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna make it really tough for me, and I'm probably I, gonna end up going Mao's on it, and that's messed up, and I don't like that reality. 
I, I like Mao's competing at uh, Cologne. They're the one German organization competing. They got a German player as well, JDC. Finally, they got JDC. They yeah. finally have a German player playing in the playoffs of Cologne since like 2018. So long ago. Well, uh, did, did they have, uh, I believe, God B at one point? Like way back when. Oh, yeah. I mean, Maus is a German order. They had a yeah, German yeah. team. They had a German team. Yeah, just completely let go of all of them. We, but, can go, yeah. we can go dive deeper into these matchups. Uh, so Liquid, Permanent Band, Nuke, and I can't remember what movie started Permanent Band. Uh, Dust 2. Yes, Dust 2. Mm. What did Liquid pick today against... Ancient? Ancient, didn't they? Yeah. Okay. They just been spam picking ancient. Ancient. I think Vertigo will probably be the decider. Both teams like that map. They'll probably both want to leave it open. I think um, I think Riders are favored to win this, in my opinion. Yeah, they just have a deeper playbook, and they have a deeper map pool as well. And it looks like right now they're all in such a form that they were like going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Na'Vi today. And they actually looked like they have the confidence to go against mm -hmm. players like that. And if that's the case, like I take them to like at least compete in any of the maps that get picked into them. That when it comes down to it, maybe they just they just take the take the series. But I will give the edge to Liquid in the sense that those guys have always been on the playoff stages yeah. like throughout their careers and You're talking about like the crowd but, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Lang yeah. will be a different setting. Like yeah. think about it, Movistar has only played in front of a crowd of Valencia, and but that was a home crowd. That was like really Families small too. Were there. It was it was all really in favor of Movistar Riders winning a lot of their games. But how is it going to be with the neutral crowd? How is it going to be with a, a massive crowd in general? Like there's just a lot um, working against you in that sense. That I would give the liquid uh, the edge to Liquid, and uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty even game, all things considered. I'd say. Is everyone everyone thinking Liquid going through? Want my heart's going off liquid. Yeah, that'd be cool. Be cool to see liquid face. Okay. Liquid okay. play against uh, twists. That'd be fun. Oh, uh, that is a, that is a possible storyline. Uh, let's go to uh, the other quarterfinals. Yeah, American victory. Sorry. Mouse yeah. Mouse Astralis. That's kind of like a fight of 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 pride at this point because both of those teams are are kind of struggling to make playoffs, and it's like, hell, if they make semifinals, good for either of those teams. They'll be laughing all the way to the bank because they know <laughs> the navi game is going to be very difficult to win either way so it's like yeah let's just see how deep we can go and mouse should through. be happy how far they got into playoffs and astralis they definitely astralis, want, they I definitely think want more lucky they i think want, astralis yeah. have gotten a little bit lucky they have been playing teams that are husks of themselves to get to this position and you might look at the result for phase they lost zero two and some competitive maps but Astralis realistically never had an opportunity to get back in the game. Uh, those two maps were basically hopeless once, I mean, once at, I mean, on overpass, it was like 14 to four at one point. And then Astralis started, oh my gosh, the CT side overpass comeback. Is it going to happen? And on this episode, it doesn't. Um, and then it, when it goes to Inferno, FaZe get the pistol and they just roll, roll the game, roll the game up uh, is basically how it goes. Um, I don't think I think Astralis kind of might have just lucked their way into their position. I don't think I mean, and they got they got the matchup versus Mouse too. Mm -hmm. um, True. I I don't I don't like us. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm a professional Astralis hater. Okay. Um, 
I think well, Mal's... You're, you're a liquid fan. It's in your blood, right? Yeah, yeah. I have <laughs> to hate Astralis. I have to hate Astralis. Um, I I want to go with Mal's here just because I don't think Astralis have actually proven themselves while Mal's have gone on and they've looked competitive this entire group stage. Good. I think this comes down to pressure of the, the event. Like, which team's going to perform better on uh, LAN? You know, like in a crowd setting. Like, both teams have been looking, like, good this event. It just kind of depends on who performs on the day. Mm. Has Mouse ever played on stage? I don't think so. I don't think in a big crowd. Yeah. Because Flashpoint was all studio-based. Or, sorry, it was all online. It wasn't uh -huh. even studio-based. So that's the last time I think we've seen him in a big studio event. Or a deep run at, in general, right? And so yeah. you have two, two essentially academy players, Torzi and JDC. Obviously, I think... One thing that will definitely help them is that I'm sure the crowd is going to be on their side. Like, there's mm -hmm. no doubt in my mind. So that definitely probably takes a little bit of pressure off of them. But at the same time, you're going against Astralis, who have literally seen and done it all. I don't think they'll be phased whatsoever by anything that the crowd throws at them. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I think that Mal's definitely have the chance to, to take them down. But I, I think I have to agree with Fi. Like, the... Their run isn't necessarily the most squeaky clean thing on the Yeah, planet. no. Alright, yeah. do, do any of these quarterfinal teams have a shot of beating Navi in phase? No. 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 Right. Oh yeah, dude, Mouse is No. In no. the back. Team in Liquid, 32-0 <laughs> against Navi. No, no shot for any of these four. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're all going grand final, Navi. I think, phase. okay, I think Riders have a chance. Okay? A there is a minute chance okay if they're playing with momentum yeah if they made it to 2-0 liquid all of a sudden you know they're gonna I, have I, to peak higher than they already have yeah which exactly is, which is pretty insane but i think they have a minute chance if Mao's beats astralis and navi i'll do like a hard liquor shoey i will go <laughs> we got it on stream we do that next podcast if that happens just I probably won't um, be functioning for a lot of that podcast, but sure. <laughs> but, uh, that, we just need you to just drink it. Bet. All right, to, I'll make it work. I'll make right it work. <laughs> Flip it, ship it, and okay. get ready for so, it. So, fin right. final preview then, yeah? All right. Who's, who you guys got? Not as nice there. Dude, it, it, would to be, win. It, just, it would be such a fantastic... Uh, final or an end to the season if we could just have a Navi phase uh final mm -hmm. like it would just be so awesome i think that that could potentially go five maps as well like yeah it would be a good way to to let us eat for the next couple of months and rewatch those demos over and over again i think like, Navi, Navi will win against phase i think they just they're playing really good and like the last time they met the major at the grand final I don't think that was, you know, a showing from Navi. That wasn't the real Navi that we saw. Missed them. What do you think? I think Navi won. I mean, I agree. Yeah. Every every other Navi that we've seen in the final, there's obviously everything that's going on with like Ukraine and stuff. And uh, yeah, I think now things are just like looking really good, and everyone's performing like individually. I think uh, that whole break that they had for the that cup that didn't play and faces being constantly playing that's just gonna like give them the edge over over phase all right uh, i think we just hit off cologne pretty well right there went in detail and everything yep 
right, let's. Navi, uh, major winners or not major? Cologne. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. I, I, didn't, I shouldn't ruin the, the script. The quote unquote third major. Yeah. We get it right. All right. All right. Let's let's move on to some of the minor CS news that happened during the week. Um, the big one was EG. There was a rumor about the benching Stewie and Rush and sil- signing uh, Neilan, Hooksy, and maybe Valde. I'm Why? not sure. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, you know, I want you to go ahead now because I thought you were going to come up with a really good point, <laughs> hot and heavy. No, I'm just saying, why are we, why are we doing this blue point project or whatever, and we are not even bothering to attempt any sort of combination of these players and give them a chance? Why are we already resorting to like international prospects when we can't even figure out what our own mm. like? Uh, like structure is that's just how think, I, i'm yeah thinking, i don't at think this. they like, like what they see yet like i don't think they're ready yet is what they're i, I, think, that's the yeah. I think they don't have a really yet. good response uh-huh go ahead so ahead. i'm in the exact and i mean exact same situation more or less when it comes to the idea of bringing in european prospects to a north american program the idea here isn't so much that the americans aren't good enough but it's rather that in addition to just coaching them, you really need players that come from different backgrounds to mm-hmm. kind of affect the players within the system as well, right? So I'm actually surprised. So like, because we're already seeing what the benefits of Kindar and Liquid is, right? Yeah. And so bringing in at least one European program into the Blueprint Project would be absolutely like monumental comes Let's say Hext has questions about how European Tier 2 operates. Now you have someone that can give that answer. It's not necessarily just the coaches that are based off of the demos they want, right? It's like a completely different kind of like atmosphere when you're learning from a player than you are from your coach. So that's why I think they're like kind of seriously looking at this. Um, the level of the players is, I mean, I think they're both competent, but I feel as though you could find more experienced players for those roles, right? But um I think I think that's where they're at when it comes to like that sort of like concept. When yeah, uh... I, I think I you know there was a point that I brought up with uh Inner Shine last week and that is like you know analysts have to cater to their players. The players have to cater to themselves as well. Like more the more perspectives you get on a situation uh the better. I think that's uh, I, you know what? Plus one to Koi. Yeah, like I, I intentionally am like trying to bring in now a Brazilian player as well because that's a different. Mm-hmm. I'd like to bring in an Australia because an Australian because that's a different. The, the whole idea is that there's no one correct way to play Counter Strike. Whatever mixture that you can pull from that actually becomes the best style. Sure, yeah. For Hooksy, um, to go off base here, when we had NATO on the show about two shows ago, he um, he spoke highly of Hooksy and like how uh, hardworking he is. So I'm happy that he's getting this opportunity. As for Neilan, I don't know too much about him. I know he played with K23. Um, he actually didn't play today in the lineup. So does that possibly mean that something's in the works? I don't know. So really, yeah, had an open quality, right? Yeah, yeah, he didn't play so. I think uh, Hooksy will be a better fit for this team. I just a just a style that he calls and Hooksy I mean you can, yeah, 
I mean, that's like the best that you can get. That's what it's like. I guess the rules would all fit. I think Validate is a great upgrade. I think that definitely could work. Like, like again, I, I think these 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 moves like make sense. Like, it, it it's fine. Like, it just to me, it's just like I hope that these the 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 blue point like uh, tier tier two teams get an actual opportunity to like like play, like compete at a higher level. And I, I just hope that they don't get locked up. You know, I think they will. I think everyone's following into that like academy style program that's how i view it the, the three teams as that's how i view it why, why can't i think of their full roster now besides what? cirque and um cirque, breeze, and breeze. And automatic. automatic automatic okay i was gonna say who's you know rush is the dedicated entry he plays like all these selfish roles who's gonna take that on probably, very willing to do that, I probably. yeah valde was the person that well, they were eyeing up before i know stewie was yeah. doing it too when he was you know he was playing these selfish roles right alongside, it, it, I think um, right. it, was, it was supposed to be originally valde rush. instead of rush right and then that deal fell yeah, oh okay well because they actually wanted to prioritize rush they actually wanted rush before valde and then rush was open from cold right, so they're right. Like, why not so so valde who's known to you know to always play like these star role uh star roles is going to take a step back then He's more been an anchor player. Yeah, he's been he's been a pretty oh. pretty selfless player uh, through mm -hmm. through what he's. I mean, he's just been he a saying. great performer. He's just been yeah. solid. Okay. Like I think I don't think he's ever like Valde's never been in superstar positions, but he's just been consistent, and I think that's something yeah. AG needs. That's crazy that he's been on the bench for this long. Uh, uh, so many people have been like spreading rumors. Oh, Charles should get him, but that was you know that was somebody somebody said uh, that's not happening. I can't remember where I read it. Astralis right. aren't going for Valde. I, I mean, it'd be great for to be a replacement for for Zipnix, but I don't think that that's the thing what, that they wanted. Um, I feel sad for Rush because we like during his interviews, he said he put in so much work with I think this Rush team. And complexity. We, we hit on it earlier. We talked about complexity. He'd be perfect on that team. I think uh, it'd work. Yeah. Yeah. So complexity will bring him back. You think? I hope. I hope so. I hope. And uh, Stewie, we we. Uh, we don't, He's going we to don't. Valorant, most likely. Most likely, yeah. Did you guys see that tweet? <laughs> Dude, uh, Paladin got baited. <laughs> the baited tweet? The stupid yeah. tweet. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on from EG. The other little news in the French scene was the Fal Falcons. Interested in picking up uh, Almanac and MBK. Really good I move. Think they need... be a better I think be a better need... team. Yeah, I think they need more experience just in general. Like when I watched them at, at conference, mm -hmm. a big part of it was just the youngsters kind of fell off. And Kyojin has had like moments of of, of good of, of good play, but he's still not. I don't think he's just ready for for this type of gameplay. And I think NBK automatically elevates any team that he plays on just because of the amount of experience he brings, and he just knows how to become a championship level team just with how his mentality is and how he carries himself i love nbk and i think that he should be on a team like falcons and then you bring in amanek as well that guy's a very selfless player you really yeah. try to unlock players like uh, uh maka and haji and you make them feel a little bit more comfortable to to take risks and this team could probably contend again like i hope that they can show a little bit more confidence because i think they're just one series away and they lost to heat in that last little game. And I think the reason why they did was it was just that huge psychological mm -hmm. and like mental edge that Heat had over Falcons of just like, look, we're just the more experienced team and we just bang you out of the server in that way. 
That's off to them, though. They did bounce back and won the uh, their uh, the latest conference to uh, go on to the uh, the next uh, conference. Yeah, it's all Challenger League. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yep. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I think everyone's doing the, the the way of like young guys bringing some veterans. Like we'll be talking about it the whole podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Like you need some experienced players to go with the young upcomers. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy yeah. for MPK though because you oh, know he you know Mouse kind of did him kind of wrong there. So I'm happy he's found his footing back. So and he's a really good player. So rooting for MPK. And then um the other big news was uh in the Turkish scene, external fire dropping Calyx and picking up Major. So Major was with Valorant. Player. He's an yeah, IG yeah. he's an IGL he too. In, yeah, he was in Valorant. Came back, who who came was back IGLing home. for uh, Eternal Fire? All of the players. All, the, all they were. All <laughs> yeah. like, okay. So it it was like. I believe it was Zantaras to start, and then it became uh-huh. Waxic, and then it was Immor uh-huh. as well. Okay. And then it went back to Zantaras as well. Yeah, originally. yeah. They, they just did plate hot potato for quite some time, and uh-huh. it never. You could definitely see that nobody was willing to do it because they'd all take a huge dip in like individual performance. That it'd be like, oh well, if this team can come back, like that'd be great. Uh, or sorry, if this player would come back in form, like this team would be great. But that never happened, and I'm glad they just committed to this. Uh, like a, like a dedicated IGL. Now, whether or not he's actually going to be good, mm-hmm. that's another question. Because having to take a huge break or a, a stint in Valorant and coming back, we've already seen like how much Nitro had to put in and how much time he had to put in to like get back into form and really understand how to play the game again uh, at, at a tier one level, or at least in Eternal Fire case, like a tier one point five. Because look, tier two, tier one point five of of EU is like so competitive right now. That like it's gonna be really really tough for major to just really get the ball rolling immediately. So I hope that they have a system in place to at least like get him up the snuff from the get go because it's gonna be a tough road. I think uh, with time, I think it'll work out. And Xantar, it's a major played in the bat in the past. He trusts them. I think yeah, fine. IGL is all falls on major now, so all these rest of the four players can go out and do their own thing. You know, don't have to worry about that. And then what we're going to see from Major, most likely, the IGL that he is, is most likely going to be like Kerrigan and Snappy type, you know, being very selfish, going in first, you know, dropping weapons. Right in the space. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll free up a lot of the, like, the mental overhead that people like Zentaris and Toxic have to go through, like, their old system. So, like, they should literally just get a straight up, like, just fragging buff from them. Because yeah. both of those players are, uh, commonly associated with kind of just being like they're they're mostly just shooters right mm-hmm. they don't do a whole lot of thinking um and so having someone that's like they're like you know there's there's something gonna be really beneficial to or you don't even need too much of a, you don't need even a complicated igl right like just that like last five ten percent of fragging that they need is now unlocked at least theoretically and i think just that enough will will allow them to take some scalps here and there at EPL since they did qualify. Um, so I, I just see this as a net positive, regardless of like how Major's quality will be immediately off the bat. But whether or not they'll be like top 10 or like top 20, like that, I think that's gonna jury's still on that. I think they'll need a lot more time. All right, guys. Um, that's pretty much the weekly recap because Cologne was the big thing. Uh, before yeah. we we talk, I we interview missed them. I just have one question for Koi. Uh, you you have your your dev import project. How is that working out? You've had oh. the first week. 
and you're mentioning um, it, so yeah so um it's going pretty well uh we've had some we've had a situation with the visa thing so that we uh unfortunately won't be having a player join us but that'll be a down the road thing and so uh as of or i'll i'll announce that at a later date. but moving forward i mean we have a couple we have two more international players that we're looking at, and then we have a whole host of coming Know, domestic students and honestly i'm really excited i mean we just made relegation hoping to do well in that i think it starts tomorrow um and we'll see how far we can go with the current roster. like if, the fact that the current roster is doing this well really just speaks volumes to how well i think so you're bringing in multiple uh prospects so are you having multiple teams yeah so okay. we'll be doing a 15-man thing, three teams as well. Um, Interesting. Although ours are, we're a little bit more long-term in kind of approach because obviously they're here for you know three, four, or five years. Um, and so there'll be a lot of alternating players, but in the same vein, it'll be uh, less results-based. Okay. I got one last question. Um, I know you're part of the council for uh, the Gucci gaming for Face It. Yeah. We haven't heard much since the announcement. Any news? Yeah, so we will have some stuff. Let me think how I want to phrase this. Um, we should have some player signings in America. Um, so we went through a, a weird phase where uh, a lot of the focus was on Europe just because Neil was part of the program prior to mm -hmm. there. Um, and so it was much, like they were already way more in the process for players and the process for players in the EU. And then at the same time, I when I joined, I sort of had to, you know, work with my like my higher ups at Face It and at Gucci and basically just reframe the mission so that it like made sense for any because let's be real, the tier two ecosystem in Europe is vastly different than that in North yeah, America. 100%. And so we kinda had to change the uh, you know sort of the, the goals of the program little bit in order to accommodate okay. for example i'm not going to find a player in fpl and have him get picked up by liquid oh right? yeah, yeah that's not possible but um we can still do a lot of just valuable players so when did you say that date was when we're signing people like when we're announcing yeah for, uh yeah. near future i submitted something okay, um okay. last monday have to make a couple edits but it should be okay be very cool. soon thanks for the update Koi. all right saga Right, man. Uh, first off, we got our main guest here today is Mistum. He's the IGL from ATK. Hello again. It's me. Now, yeah. <laughs> now it's time for Whoa, no way. <laughs> Mistum right, out man. here. Mistum yeah. out here. Now. It's Mistum out here time. So, we got some questions lined up for you. Uh, yeah, hit me. All right. How, how was hailing from the South African scene and how did you get, like, how was the South African scene to start off? Uh, South African scene, pretty small. I would say it's pretty similar to like the Australian scene. Everyone knows each other. Don't really get many opportunities. I would say, especially during COVID, didn't really get like anything to make teams enhance. Like you just kind of play the same teams over and over all the time. So you don't really improve. You just kind of like play it as a hobby. I don't really think you can make like a living uh, from South Africa. I think there's only like two, three teams that you're getting like a salary and it's not 
anything crazy. It's just pocket money, I would say. Uh, so yeah, I would say the South African scene in terms of like tournaments, like there's a lot of tournaments for like the South African like players that they can play, but uh, there's nothing that's really going to get them overseas. You know, I think the only one that's happening this year is the Rotterdam qualifier. And uh, how did you guys, how did you specifically get picked up from ATK? Uh, I was pretty like well known uh, in South Africa, and uh, the owner of uh, ATK he messaged me uh, on WhatsApp, and he just said like, "Look, I'm wanting to do like this project, and uh, JT and TC and uh, Sonic all recommended you. Like your name got brought up quite a lot, so I was pretty like happy that they were speaking about me." And he just said. Uh, um, you can kind of like build the team whatever you want so he kind of just said he's doing this project and uh, he wants to kind of like send another team overseas and he just kind of gave me like the the crown to pick whoever I want and then go from there right, because uh, we had spray last week and so far you guys lost the pain in that um in the what was it the um... challenger. Challenger. challenger yeah but you guys showed a hell of performance but losing to pain I think you and the way how NA is hitting it up, pretty sure you, your team could probably hit the major. I'm calling yeah. it right now. <laughs> yeah, I would uh, say that we can do it. I mean, picking up Swisher was like a really big, important uh, aspect for us. Uh, he's like one of the hardest workers that I know. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of us playing, it's really hard for us to adv like advance as like a team because right now in North America, like the teams that we're scrimming or that we want to scrim, we're like beating them 25-5 or we're not really seeing any big mistakes in our gameplay. And then when we do play teams like Pain or Godsense, we kind of just like, it's a lot closer games and they have the edge over us because they're able to go to Europe for like a week or something and they, you know, a week in Europe is insane. Like uh, it's, it's nothing, anything big, but you can scrim against these teams and you can like get these mistakes that you want to do. Like it's not anything bad that we're not doing. It's just that we can't enhance like our performance at all. Like we're playing these teams and we're just not seeing anything that I can fix or that we can talk about. So yeah, I mean the loss versus pain, uh, I would say that we could have like taken a map of them and like I I've said in the past like if we didn't win that anything but a win is just not acceptable. Uh, we have the potential to be able to beat teams like that. It's just we're not really at that level just yet. Are you uh, guys, guys boot camping in Europe at all? Uh, there's something in the pipeline for that. Like after player break, I don't really like know the details too much, but that is something that like we want to do, and I definitely think that'll be a benefit for us for sure. And you mentioned the NA scene. So, what differences can you say between the South Africa scene and the NA scene when it comes to gameplay? Uh, it's obviously very different. When we first came here, uh, you could feel the difference in uh, seriousness. Like, people are wanting to improve and play. And uh, I would say, like, in South Africa, you're playing like the same teams. Whereas, like, when we first came here to North America, a lot of like the teams, like, uh, we were playing were a lot better than us, like party astronauts. We never, we, we will never be able to uh, beat them. Choco check now, gaming gladiators were never able to beat them. Um, all of these teams were never able to beat, but there was always like someone that was better than us. So we worked ten times better because we wanted to beat them. Um, in South Africa, we were like the best for like a year. We never, we never lost a series once. We would lose like a map, and that's at most like that we would lose. So. 
in terms of like the North American scene, there's just a difference in mentality of people wanting to improve, people are wanting to put in the work, and you can feel um, that everything is just better. Are the stereotypes of the, of of NA pretty much true? All aim, no brain. I'd say some teams. Um, there are some teams that like kind of troll or don't really like play to practice or anything like that. But there are some teams that even the lower tier teams, like we scrim some teams and even though we beat them, whatever it may be in the scrim, they still message me or someone in the team and just say like, okay, like what could we have done better? And for me, that's what I really like. There are some lower tier teams that just say like, what could we have done better? And I give them, these are like some things that you want to do. These are some things that you need to focus on. And they go and do that. And then next time we play them, it's a lot better. You can feel that they, uh, in the scrims, they have, they're playing to practice. They're not playing to win or prove that they can beat us. So that was like really nice. But a lot of the top teams, um, I would say, other than like the complexities and stuff, some of them like will troll to play or like you don't really feel you're getting much out of the scrim. You're just kind of playing to play. It's surprising that you say that NA is all about the hard work compared to like uh, uh, hard work, but people generalize that NA doesn't work hard compared to EU. Would you take that? I think, uh, I would say EU works harder than NA, but that's just because they have the resources to do that. Um, like, in EU, you can get a scrim whenever you want. Doesn't matter what time. People are looking for scrims. They're waking up earlier, and, like, they just have the resources to be able to do that. In North America, you can't get a scrim from, like, for us, like, our prac schedule used to be from, like, 12 o'clock, and then we would do theory for three hours, and then the first scrim that we could get was from four. Um... So any other time you couldn't scrim, but if you go to Europe, you can scrim whatever time you want. So you're able to work harder as an individual and uh, as a team. So I would say like that's the only big difference to why I would say EU works harder than North America. Uh, the touch base in the South African uh, South Africa scene. Is there any like South African prospects we should be looking out for? Uh, I would say there's only one person. There's one person that I always like mention because like this is a question that I get like asked a lot and it's just I have respect for this guy in terms of his work ethic. He like uh, plays like a lot of the game and like his name is ADM. Uh, I don't know if like a lot of people know him, but he is someone that works really hard. I don't know if his like uh, goal or what he wants to do is still to be like uh, to come overseas, but he is someone that like I would say could make it if he like put his mind to it. Um. From, since you play ADK, yeah, who was like, your favorite teammate to play with? Uh, you can be old teams, new teams, team, anything. I don't really have like a favorite teammate. Uh, I wouldn't really like. I'm just like a person that just opens up to people and like people come to me and talk about anything. I would say like if I had to choose someone, it would probably be Fady because I've known him for like 16 years, 17 years now. Like we grew up together, um, and he's obviously been on this journey with me from the beginning, uh, coming from South Africa. He is someone that, like, we're just pretty close in terms of that. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't really say, like, I have, like, a favorite teammate. Oh, well, you just say, like, like, you guys, you're all connected. How close do you think ADK is with the current lineup is to make the real major? Uh, I would say, like, we're, like, there. I wouldn't really say, like, we're close. I think, like, we should be making that. I mean, we're making strides and we're improving and we all know it like it's our goal to make it so i don't really think anything that isn't us qualifying is just like not good enough uh we we, we should be making that if you make that major you have a signature already or you gotta pay someone to do that 
Uh, I have like a signature. I played like a, a minor before where I had to define the signature. I don't know cursive, but I have a, a signature. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, since you're you're an IGL for ADK, how is IGL in a, on a pro team? How would you kind of describe it? Uh, I think it's like really fun. Um, I enjoyed a lot. I've always wanted to be like a leader. Um, I kind of get more satisfaction from. Uh, someone telling me, okay, like, missed him, like, great call, you know, like, you yeah, called great this game, or, you know, you're doing really good compared to, like, me getting an ace. Uh, I get more satisfaction, and I take a lot more uh, of that positive uh, reinforcement than anything else. In terms of, like, IGLing for, like, a, a pro team, it's a lot different to South Africa. Like, I am putting in, like, a lot of hours, and, like, there's so much more that you have to do uh, on top of getting the stress for the team i'm someone that like gets my own stuff uh i don't really enjoy other people bringing things because uh, i just like doing everything my way uh which can kind of sound like pretty bad but i just like know what the team needs and things like that so on top of me watching demos like every single day i'm also like needing to do the individual stuff making sure that i'm like keeping a very high personal uh individual level and performance and things like that uh, but there's just a lot more that you have to do. You have to read the opponents. You have to like watch the demos of the opponents. Everyone like looks at you for like a solution and things like that. And I guess there's some pressure that comes with it. But I enjoy that type of pressure. Uh, speaking of pressure, we have some people say that IGLing puts a strain on your performance. Would you say that's true? Uh, it's kind of like a hard one. I could, some people could say yes, some people could say no. I would just say like I'm in the middle. Uh, I would say like a lot of people ignore their um individual performance. Some uh, like what Spray has taught me is that I can't always focus on the team. I also need to look after myself. So he would like tell me I need to watch more of my own personal things. I need to be finding my own individual routine as well as like a team routine and stuff like that. So it kind of just depends on the person. I never want, like, IGLing to be the reason why I'm playing bad. Like, recently I haven't been playing good and I'm, like, really hard on myself. And leading up to playoffs, I was doing, like, two to two and a half hours of DM. Like, I really wanted to, like, show that I could do something as an individual. I didn't want to just be like, okay, this guy's playing so bad because he's IGL. Like, that's never an excuse in my book. It's, I'm playing bad because there's something else going on. And, uh... I guess it just kind of depends on the person if they want to use. I just see it as an excuse. I don't see it as like a reason. Um, now I'm just more a fun, general laid back question. Who's one of the pro players you'd look up to? Uh, blame F. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Right, now we're gonna mention a little on FPL since you're playing it. How would you rate the current F, uh, NA FPL scene in 2022? Uh, I used to play it quite a lot. Uh, beginning of this year, but I don't find it fun, even if like people are playing for the money or anything like that. I just don't find it fun because there's people that just shouldn't be in there, and I would say like it's more about the idea for FPL for me, it's not really the quality of games. It's more of the reason why it's there is because they're getting more quantity of people, so they're bringing in all these people, and uh, there's not really enough people trying to teach people to improve it's more just like okay well we need fpl to play so we're going to keep adding people uh it's not about okay we need to remove this guy because the quality needs to be better so i would say it's really really bad right now uh i don't find it fun at all uh Bowden plays it like a lot and uh, feddy's been playing it recently but 
I tend to just not play it or anything because I don't find any benefit from it. Well, since Koi is an FPL admin right here, and we have mm-hmm. him on the show, like what, what would you, what would you say some things to improve for NA? Like, what would you give him or Koi? What would you say how we should improve NA FPL? Uh, it's, it's been watching streams. Everyone kind of bitches on it. Like I've been watching Cooper Freakazoid, and everyone bitches about it. Like there's needs to do something. I don't really know what like the perfect solution will be because I haven't really played it. But I would just say like the quality of people that are in there, like it's not really that fun. And uh, I mean that's not really to blame. It's not like a lot of people that you can't pick from. You kind of just have to go through the FPLC, and that's like the the way in which it goes. It's up to the individual if they want to improve and like. I just think that the the people that are in the FPL right now need to give the like solution and not just constantly criticize. Like when I was playing uh, not so long ago, people are just saying, okay, like you're so bad, you shouldn't be playing. Like that's not helpful criticism. It's not really like making the person improve. You need to like tell them, okay, like this angle is really bad. You should be playing this or you should be playing more with me in this scenario. Like that's how they improve because the only way that it's going to improve is if you as an individual actually make it improve. That's the only way that it's going to happen. So I don't really think that there's like anything that an admin can do. It's just kind of the way that it is. To carry along with that, um, I think that, so we're aware of those issues specifically regarding quality of players, especially move-ups, things like that. That's why we've sort of turned uh, recently, um, prior to both me and Slov being involved with the FPL project, uh, we North America was exclusively qualifier, right? You'd qualify in FPL. And now we've transitioned away from God. So that no longer are the most, because, you know, in most situations, the most active players that are playing FPLC are not necessarily the best mm-hmm. players in FPLC because just grinding it instead of practicing instead. Um, and now we've turned it into a scouting system where hopefully we're able to find better players to move up organically versus necessarily them qualifying. That being said, still a problem. I agree. Uh, and we are working on, you know, some removals and some additions to kind of start addressing that problem. But at the core, it's like more of like a, it's honestly more of an FPLC issue. Like the, cause the, the pool of players that are in Counter-Strike in North America at the moment are, they are decreasing at the top due to retirements or just people not wanting to play FPL or, or just going off and doing something else. Um, but the new players that are coming in, the next generation players that are coming in are nowhere near the level that they need to be in order to consider themselves like FPL ready or something like that, or even FPLC ready. We see this with a lot of the qualified players. We see this with a lot of the, you know, NA advanced players that would historically have just been invited straight into FPLC. They're just not quite at that level. Um, yeah. so it's, it's tough. It's really tough when you're in between this, like, generational divide in counter-strike um and i don't have a clear answer for how to fix that that's why we're trying different um and so if people have suggestions or that obviously feel free to reach out to me or slow or someone um we're always down to listen but we're hoping that by constantly experimenting with new systems and scouting processes and stats everything that we can start to at least reverse problem i think we've done a decent job of at least getting it stopping it from getting worse but 
we'll see how that turns long term six uh, yeah, I mean, no, well, I mean, all you can do is try. So you just yeah. gotta try until you find a solution. That's all it is. Uh, there were uh, speaking, clicking on a little more on FPL. Uh, when IEM Dallas happened a couple weeks ago, when the EU pros came to NA, all the NA FPL players actually like were streaming and doing videos and actually playing the game. Why does it take like EU pros playing in NA for NA pros to actually like try hard in FPL? Because NAFPL is very normal. Like, it, it's every day, it's the same thing. Nothing changes, ever. And so, naturally, you're going to have players that are more engaged with FPL when it's different. Um, and in addition to that, the Europeans that came here and, and uh, played North American FPL enjoyed it infinitely more than European FPL, to the point that a lot of the practices that we have here was adopted over in the European hubs because the the general mindset behind games where they were a little bit more casual um, and the communication was folk like being native English speakers was a bigger benefit than <sighs> player skill was noticeable. Yeah, I when when the Europeans came I streamed and played but I just I just got like a lot of fun from it because it wasn't like whenever I played FPL it was always kind of like I had to call. Like, I couldn't just chill. Like, a lot of the time, it was just people looked at me to call, and even though it's a pug, it's kind of like we're losing 11-0, so I need to, like, start doing something about it. And when the Europeans came, it was just kind of, they were saying, okay, I'll flash this for you. Let's do this. Or it was just fun. Like, it, it felt like a match, I would say, because it wasn't p dumb things happening where people are rushing through smokes or someone's just doing something really bad. Everything just felt calculated, and... I don't know. It was just like a lot more fun. That's pretty much like the basic answer. Yeah. yeah I missed some some stuff outside CS. Like, what's what do you like to do outside CS? Like favorite sport, favorite like hobby, stuff like that. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm a, I'm away from like my family and stuff. So all I'm doing is just playing CS. I only play cs i would like sometimes play other games like world of warcraft like that's just like a chilled game but other than that like i don't really have anything else that i can do or want to do i just want to achieve everything that i can in cs and i don't really want to have like the mentality or feeling like i could have done more so all i'm doing is waking up playing counter-strike sleeping and doing that type of thing but you, you play any valorant at all or no uh i've tried it i think it's a really like chilled game that uh i would play but it's not something that i would change like from counter-strike uh right. that, you, that's you agree because i'm a valorant hater it sucks right yeah i mean I'm, I'm not gonna hate on the game i just think like cs will always be better but there it's 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 always it's always just opinion so uh, but yeah no, this, this opinion is fact so <laughs> uh yeah it's true it's true there you go all right, thank you so much for joining, man. Anytime. Yeah, we will bring you back. 100%. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Um. So we pretty much hit the player interview. We're gonna hit a little preview. Of what's gonna happen? Um, during the player up upcoming player break, we're gonna have some new episodes coming up. We're gonna have uh, a a podcast with some some of the female pros. We're gonna have some a podcast with some of the big skin traders. And we're gonna hoping to do like a big podcast episode with some other streamers and, and like a fantasy lineup. So that's what we should be looking out for. And Fi, I said your name correctly this time. You up for that one, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Catch it's me gonna around. be 
it's gonna be a fantasy like how football is. You know, like you gotta pick a player and it's like a snake. And yeah, we're yeah. trying to get everyone for that. Yeah. Nart, Nart, you got anything else to say? Uh, no. Just want to thank all the guests for being here, uh, as always, and uh, look out for my new video tomorrow, Pro Tricks. So, <laughs> yeah, gotta plug that in. Yeah, the pro teams are gonna love that. But my pug teammates are gonna love that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, again, guys, thank you for all for showing up, and we'll love to have you back. Can we? Can we have uh, clothes? Yeah, I, you gotta close this shit. With up. his All uh, right, thank you guys, my, ladies and gentlemen, whether you're watching or listening from any time from the United States of America, the world, the globe, the Australia, uh, you know what? I'm gonna <laughs> go ahead and leave it out there. I, I guess for all, I guess, I'll give the shout out to Mistum's fans if they're watching this from South Africa, all that good stuff. Um, I'm a yeah. Mistum fan. Oh, there yeah, you go. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Mistum fan. I'm currently, we have Mistum fans who are already here. We're in this call right here. <laughs> oh, yeah. So appreciate it to, appreciate it to Mistum uh, and appreciate it to uh, Koi as well. And, and appreciate myself for joining this, uh, this broadcast. So, <laughs> appreciate what? Yes, appreciate yourself. <laughs> um, should I sign us out or? Yeah. Sign us out. Right. You're our official closer. I will pay this you. Is, this is CS out here, episode number five. Thank you guys so much for watching. Peace out.